Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Political hitmen. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. It's been a long time. Glad to be back. And uh, we are live, which means that you could call in. Numbers to call in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, the number is 0265-00151. Those numbers can always be found on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. So here we are. Um, and I... Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be back. I'm, I'm happy to be here, but I'm also a little upset. And I'll tell you why I'm upset. I think that the Jewish community in general has a guilt complex. We, 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 have, we have this persecution complex, and, and, and the persecution complex kind of bothers me a little bit. I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. I mean, I'm going to talk about this a lot. So, so. Let me explain a little bit now what I mean, and we'll get into a lot more as the show goes on. There was a, um, there was a shooting. There was a shooting in Buffalo, New York, uh, just this past week. Eleven, ten people were killed in, in the shooting. None of them were Jewish. Yet the Jewish community, at least Jewish organizations, I can't say the Jewish community, I'll say Jewish organizations. Yet Jewish organizations found a way to tie Jews into this, even though Jews weren't involved in the shooting and Jews were not killed in the shooting. So the, the shooter wasn't Jewish and the people killed weren't Jewish, but somehow they found a way to involve Jews in this. So, so why do we have to insert, isn't there enough people that hate Jews in the world that we don't have to insert ourselves into other people's hatreds? <laughs> Aren't there enough massacres happening to Jews that we don't have to go and claim other people's massacres? This is driving me crazy. I'm Howie Silberger's political hitman. Feel free to call in. The numbers are on the top of the page on Israel News Talk Radio, but I'll give them to you anyway. In North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, the number is 02-650-0151. IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com is the, uh, is, the, is, the, is the website that you can visit. The numbers are on the top of the page. And uh, really... I mean, I want to talk about this. I want you to call in. Be part of the show. I'm Howie Silverberg. This is good to How did a nice Jewish girl from Delaware end up living in Israel? Shalom. I'm Natalie Sapinski. Join me on my show, Returning Home. Meet different people who have moved to Israel. Hear their personal stories, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Each week, we talk to experts on immigration and the process of moving to Israel. Listen to Returning Home every Thursday, only on Israel News Talk Radio. Political Hitman. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. You could call into the show. Numbers to call in North America, 301-768-4841. 
In Israel, the number is 02650151. You get those numbers on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. So I, I really believe that we have a problem. And our problem is with Jewish leadership. This is the problem we have. And, and, and the reason we have this problem is, is not because there aren't people out there who care. There are plenty of people out there who care. It's not because Jews don't have enough issues for Jewish organizations and Jewish leadership to take care of. There are plenty of issues within the Jewish community. And there are plenty of things that Jews uh, need taken care of. And, and there are plenty of people out there who want to take care of these things. The problem we have is that I think the Jewish community, I think, I think, Jewish, I th- I think we have a persecution complex. I, I think that sometimes organizations like the fact that Jews are attacked, like the fact that Jews are always the victim, and we always like to be portrayed as the victim. They, they kind of like that. I, I actually do the opposite, and I, I've gotten into a lot of trouble over the years because I do the opposite. I, I never claim, and, and I never will claim, that the, the Jews were the losers of the Holocaust. And I know that's a fairly controversial statement, and, and many people took much offense to this over the years. But I don't think the Jews lost the Holocaust. If we did lose in the Holocaust, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I wouldn't be on a Jewish radio station right now. I wouldn't, uh, the state of Israel wouldn't exist. We, we, we wouldn't exist. We would, we would have been wiped out. The fact is that while we lost a lot of people, and that's, that, that's, that's sad and we have to remember that, and that, that's always in our mind, and we can never forget that 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 the Germans set up this this institution, these, 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 this machinery, this, this, these factories to murder Jews. We can never forget that. And we can never forgive that. That's not forgettable nor forgivable. And that a third, over a third of Jewish population was murdered during the Holocaust. That, that's not forgivable either. But the fact is that we still exist and that we survived and that we won. The Nazis aren't here. We are. So, so I like to look at Jews more as the, as the victors rather than the victims. And, and it's a different perspective on life. It's a different way to look at the way you live your life, a different way to, a different way to, to, to look at life itself and to look at your life in context to everything happening around you. And so because I believe that we're not, we're not the victims, we're the victors, I, I believe that when people attack us, and we don't get killed, and people attack us, and we don't disappear, and people attack us, and we don't, uh, and they don't accomplish their goals, which, which are always the same, destroy the Jews, get rid of them, murder Jews. When, when that happens, and we still survive, and, we still, and we, we're still around, and, and, and we're still able to do everything that we always wanted to do, worship God, and, 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 and pray, and, and, and read from the Torah, as we're able to do that, I find it very difficult to accept that Jewish organizations, and I use Jewish with quotation marks, uh, Jewish organizations want to attach uh, Judaism to, the, to, to, to massacres and to, to, to things that happen to people who aren't Jewish. Now, while, while, while it is horrific, absolutely horrific, that people who went shopping, in Buffalo, New York, uh, last week, uh, on Saturday morning, got killed. 
that that a man walked in and shot people in a supermarket is absolutely horrific and completely condemnable uh, across the board. And we should always condemn random acts of violence. We should always condemn planned acts of violence. We, we should condemn violence whenever it happens. Nobody should be killed for going to buy a chicken or going to buy an apple. It's, it's absolutely horrific that people died going to going shopping. But at the same time, we don't have to we don't have to grab the attention from the people who died. We should give them the honor and the privilege of 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 memorializing their dead. We we shouldn't be jumping in. So what am I talking about? I, I know I'm rambling and I'm not telling you what I'm talking about. So there was a um, there was a guy who shot up that supermarket in in Buffalo. Kill ten people. Uh, he he published a, a manifesto online. They, they, these whack jobs always do that. They 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 write up their manifesto. This is what I believe in. This is why I I committed this crime. And he wrote up this manifesto, and uh, he talked about the tide of immigrants that are crowding out the white populations in in Western countries. This is a um, this is a theory that's been that's been kind of that's been kind of uh, uh, advancing amongst the far 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 right people. Uh, where they where they say it's called replacement series. So basically, essentially, is that um, that the government of the United States is bringing in immigrants into into the United States uh, to push out Americans from jobs so they could have immigrants doing the jobs for cheaper. So so it's all about it's all about uh, paying less money so CEOs can get more money. It's all part of that whole socialist thing where they want to throw at capitalism, bring in socialism. So uh, it's it's fine. I mean, you know, people are crazy and they can think whatever they want. And that theory is, is, is ridiculous to a certain extent, even though it may appear to be somewhat true. It is a ridiculous theory. Um, immigrants are, are coming into the United States not so much for work purposes. There's a lot of other reasons why immigrants are coming in. It's a topic for a totally different show. But, but basically, that's what this guy believed. And, um, and, and, the uh, great replacement theory um, is, is, is basically pushed by white supremacists. And, um, and, and so you saw in 2017, a, a group of white supremacists were marching in Charlottesville, Virginia, and, and called out the, the chant that, that became so famous that Jews will not replace us. And uh, they were condemned by everybody across the board, including the president of the United States at the time, uh, Although he didn't get he didn't get any credit for condemning them, but he, he did at the time. Now, uh, this guy here, this guy here was not Jewish. The guy who shot up the supermarket was not Jewish, nor were any of his victims. In fact, most of his victims were 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 black. They were they were blacks, and and he was a black guy, and most of the victims were black. Um, but the Anti Defamation League, the 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 Anti Defamation League that used to be part of Benabris. Uh, they decided to weigh in, and uh, they tweeted the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, Jonathan Greenblatt, who uh, who was an Obama guy. He he worked for Obama's White House, and then became CEO of the Anti-Defamation League. He he tweeted out uh, just the other day, horrified by the Buffalo shooting, which is apparently motivated by anti-Semitism and racism. The rhetoric that fuels hate-filled conspiracies has to stop. These are the consequences of conspiracies going unchecked. I'm trying to unpack this 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 idea that the Buffalo shooting was fueled by anti-Semitism. Now, now I call it anti-Jewism on the show. As longtime listeners of the show know, I don't use the word anti-Semitism. I use the word anti-Jewism. 
but but I'm I'm wondering how the ADL could tie in anti-Jewism with a shooting that happened against non-Jews. It seems it seems mind-boggling that that could happen. Now now the ADL justifies it. They 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 actually went and justified their their connection here, saying that the the shooter. And I'm not going to name the shooter because I don't think the shooter should get the publicity. We, we shouldn't be talking about their names. We should never remember their names. Blot their names out forever. Uh, people who kill other people for no reason, blot their names out. But the, uh, the shooter in his manifesto was pretty long. He, um, he, he says he departs from many white supremacists. And he concluded that Jews are, for the most part, white. He, he calls Jews white. It's not really true. Jews aren't white, but whatever. And he cited pages, quotations from the Talmud. He said that Jews are polluting, are polluted by learning that they are God's chosen people and they are permitted to hate and exploit the Goyim, the, the non-Jews, and to engage in, uh, in, in, in apparently, I don't know, some kind of, uh, some kind of uh, child abuse. And he, he then said, are, are you an anti-Semite? And his manifesto said, yes, I am an anti-Semite. But, but one second. Okay, fine. So the guy hated Jews. He hated blacks, too, and he hated everybody who wasn't white. So just because the guy stated he hated Jews and went out and shot a black supermarket doesn't necessarily mean that the Jewish community has to jump in and say, oh, this was fueled by anti-Semitism. No, I think him shooting up a black supermarket was fueled by his hatred of black people. His, his anti-Semitism, his anti-Jewism could, could be something totally separate from his hatred of black people. Now, if he would have walked into a synagogue and, and shot up a synagogue, God forbid, uh, he, that, that would have been fueled by his anti-Jewism. But that's not the target he chose. So, so to say that he killed non-Jews because he hated Jews seems like a stretch to me. But I understand why it's happening. Now, now, the ADL wasn't the only group that condemned it. It was condemned by many different Jewish organizations. And the reason that these Jewish organizations do this is, uh, is monetary. It always comes down to dollars and cents. It's very unfortunate, but that's what happens. It comes down to dollars and cents. You see, these, these organizations exist solely to protect Jews from anti-Jewism. Now, if that's not happening, and there's not enough cases of anti-Jewism in, in, in the country, well, then... How could they justify their existence? I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to give me a call in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, 0265-00151. Those numbers can be found on the top of the page on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Take a little break. We'll be back. Just that
You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. This is Shai Bentico, and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany's but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel, Phantom Nation, every Monday. Political hitmen. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to call in. Now is the call in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, the number is 0265-00151. Those numbers could be found on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Let me tell you a story. Years ago, many, many years ago, I, uh, I founded an organization uh, called Save All Jews Everywhere. Now, what was the purpose of the organization? It was to save all Jews everywhere. We were, we were very straightforward and transparent and blunt. Um, the, reason we, the reason I started this organization, I had a, I had a partner in crime. Uh, we were at Bar-Ilan University, and uh, we had heard uh, while on campus at Bar-Ilan that, um, that they were going to build a, they were going to build a, a, a shopping mall right across the street from the Auschwitz death camp. So we quickly put together uh, an idea of having a rally to, to protest this in front of the Polish embassy. And we went and we, uh, we, we, we went and we recruited people to come out and rally with us. Uh, but we couldn't put together a rally without an organization behind it. Like, who's going to come out to a rally? Because two guys said, go to a rally. So what we did was we, um, we, we created this organization, Save All Jews Everywhere, SAGE. And uh, we went and we created this rally. And so um, uh, we showed up at the rally, and there were only two of us. <laughs> we were the only two people to show up. And we had this huge, uh, we, we, we had this sound system. We expect a lot more people. We had the sound system, and we started chanting. I mean, we were there anyway. We started chanting. And two guys came, approached us, and, and they looked like security guys or some kind of official guys. And they said, hey, come in and uh, meet the ambassador to Poland. He wants to hear your grievance. We, we were kind of surprised. I mean, two two guys standing on the street screaming into uh, screaming into a microphone with nobody there, uh, and and the ambassador wants to meet us. All right, fine. We went in and we met with the Polish ambassador and we explained to him why we felt that this shopping mall should not be built. And uh, he said, "Thank you very much for your for your for your input, and we will go and um, and we will." Uh, I'll bring it to the president of Poland or the prime minister, or whatever, and uh, you know I'll pass on your. Uh, I'll pass on your problem. So we said thank you, and we walked away. Uh, what if he did or didn't, who knows, but whatever. So we walked away. Then we found out uh, a little later on in the day, when we got back, we found out that uh, B'nai Kiva, a Jewish youth group, had, uh, had a rally about an hour before our rally, and they had about 40,000 people there. So, so uh, all right, fine. We move on. Uh, about a year later, we, we expanded this organization into uh, into a couple of North American cities. And, um, and, and as it grew and as we got more and more members, uh, the local federations, the local Jewish organizations who claimed to speak on behalf of all Jews uh, didn't really like a new organization, a new activist organization honing in on their territory, 
They, they weren't so happy about the creation of Save All Jews Everywhere. And so anytime we had an action anywhere, so we had a rally in, in, we had a rally in support of Jonathan Pollard or a march against anti-Jewism somewhere, they would condemn us and condemn us in national newspapers. We would always be condemned, condemned, condemned. They would never say, oh, you know, they did a great job. Oh, look, you know, a bunch of young people are out there doing something. Never, never, never. We were condemned from day one and condemned in perpetually. In fact, not only were we condemned, but, but the authorities were called and we were investigated. Uh, and, and that was done by B'nai B'rith and, uh, and a couple of other big Jewish organizations. Fine. I mean, fine. They, they didn't like the fact that we were activists. They didn't like the fact that we were honing in on their territory. They didn't like the fact that we were doing stuff that they should have been doing and they weren't doing. In one of the cities, we heard that there was a um, there was a rash of robberies of little old ladies who were going to the shopping mall. They were going shopping at the at the grocery store, so they'd walk to the local grocery store from their homes, and on their way back, they were being mugged. And not only were they being mugged, but uh, they were being hurt. They were being beaten up. So the muggers would not only take their groceries and take their purses, but they would break them up. And and some of them had broken bones, so they were breaking their arms and their legs and. It was really a bad situation. And we waited before we took any action. We waited until to see if the major Jewish organizations were going to do anything. And, and naturally, they did nothing. And these women were, were just being, were afraid to leave their homes. So, so after the first two or three got beaten up, uh, these old ladies were sitting in their homes. And this was way before, way before supermarkets were delivering to homes. This was way before that whole infrastructure was set up. And so these, these women did not have uh, food coming into their homes. So if, if a friend didn't want to go and shop for them, there was nothing coming into their homes. So we decided that we were going to help out. And it was just a small little town, a small little area of town where, where, where these, these rash of robberies and were happening. We decided we were going to help these people out. And we went and we, um, and we formed a Jewish security force. And the Jewish security force, we, we got a donor who, who donated uh, uh, T-shirts, and we had um, we were very identifiable. So if we were on the street, we were very identifiable. You could pick us out of the crowd, and that was intentional. We didn't want to be um, we didn't want to be hidden in the background. We want to be up front and say, "Hey, listen, we're going to walk these ladies from their homes to the shopping mall, so they could go and do their shopping, and then we're going to walk them home again, ensuring their safety." Uh, we we weren't we weren't an aggressive group. We weren't going to go and beat people up. That wasn't our that wasn't our goal. It was to protect women, to protect old ladies. And if the old ladies, um, you know, if a thief came up and the old lady was walking with somebody, especially somebody identified as security, uh, the thief would think twice before attacking an old lady. That was, that was the thought process behind it. And so we, um, and so we, uh, that's what we did. We set this thing up. And in the first three months that we, uh, that we were advertising that we needed people to join the security force, we had about 300 people who, who came to join us. And, and, and I had a guy, my partner in crime for this one, and, and he was a Russian immigrant, and he knew, uh, he knew about three different kinds of martial arts, and he started training. He started uh, training sessions, training Jews uh, in self-defense in case they were attacked on the street, walking these ladies back and forth, that they, they would be able to defend themselves and defend the lady. Okay, fine. I get a call. Um, not long after the starts, so when the newspaper gets wind of it and the newspaper runs the story, and I get a call, uh, and it's from, it's from the police department. And the police say to me, uh, 
detective on the, on the on the phone says to me, "Could you come down to the police department? I'd like to talk to you." So I went down to the police department, and he called he called my buddy too, and both went down to the police department. And the cop says, "We hear that you started this uh, this this walk safe program, this just Jewish security force, and we believe that this is a vigilante group. This is what we're told." And we have to tell you that vigilante groups are not accepted in this town. And if you continue your activities, we will come down hard on you. So I looked at the at the detective and I said to him, I don't understand. Do we do something illegal? He says, no, absolutely not. But we're going to be watching you. And the second you step over the line, we're going to come down so hard on you, you're never going to know what hit you. I said, fine. I mean, that's that's fine. It's your prerogative. Thank you very much. And we left. A couple of days later, we blew off the local police force. A couple of days later, we got called by the federal police force. And the federal police said to us, hey, listen, if you do this, then you are going to be on our watch list. And we're going to consider you a danger and you're going to be on our watch list. And then they arrested my Russian friend and threatened that they were going to deport him and his family if he continued his activities. Now, we hadn't done anything. We were just training people to protect little old ladies who were being beaten up on the street. That's all we were doing. We hadn't done anything else. And this is the threats we got. So I, um, I was at a, a Jewish event not long after that. And I ran into the exec director of B'nai B'rith, of the local B'nai B'rith of that area. And the guy said to me, hey, did you get called by the police? And then did the feds call you? And he seemed to be gloating about this. And I looked at him. I said to him, did you call them? Did you tell them to come and talk to me? He said, well, you know, we have contacts. And if we don't like what someone's doing, we could take care of it. And I knew right then and there that the best interest of the community was not what this organization was looking out for. They weren't looking out for the little old lady who was being beaten up because they needed the little old lady to be beaten up. I understood it clearly right then and there. I understood it clearly exactly what was happening. They needed the little old lady to be beaten up so they could say, hey, five little old ladies were beaten up. We're going to go and lobby the government now for more funding so that we could hire a security company to ensure that little old ladies don't get beaten up. And the government would give them a million dollars and they would spend 300000 on on security or whatever and pocket the rest. I understood what happened. I, I got it. I was 17 years old or 18 years old. I understood exactly what was going on. Crushed the little guy because they, they, they're taking away a money-making opportunity. So when I see the ADL trying to wedge the Jewish issue into into murders of people who aren't Jewish or aren't even close to being Jewish. It angers me. It angers me to a point uh, where my blood boils because I understand what's going on. And now you do too. And I think the more we understand how these things work, the more we could see through the baloney and the more transparent these organizations have to be. I'm Howie Sobergut. This is Political Hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. You can call in 301-768-4841 in North America. 
in Israel, 0265-0015-1. Hi, I'm Rabbi David Aaron. The soul basics are the most profound, the most essential, and yet often the most neglected in our education. Join me for Soul Talk on Israel's News Talk Radio and discover the secrets to love, spiritual growth, and personal power. Political hitmen. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. You could join me in conversation. Love to talk to you. You can give me a call, 301 768 4841 in North America. In Israel, you could call 0265 00151. Of course, those numbers can be found on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. So I just told you a story about how, how, how these organizations, and I'm sure it works in, the same in all communities. I'm sure the Jewish community isn't exclusive to this kind of organization. Um, how these organizations um, you know, do this kind of thing, how they, how they twist things, to make it look like it's uh, associated with their brand of whatever. And then they try to milk it for whatever they can get. And, and this drives me insane. So the ADL linking anti-Jewism to the, to the shooting in, to the shooting in Buffalo is just, it's just mind boggling. I, I, I can't, I, I can't wrap my head around it. It's, it bothers me. Because it is such a false comparison. But we see this all the time. This is nothing new. Uh, last week, on Monday last week, a U.S. Uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib uh, proposed, a, um, proposed a bill in Congress. She proposed a law in Congress to recognize Nakba Day. Now, what is Nakba Day? Uh, it's it's the ridiculous day that the Arabs chose to coincide with Yom Hatzmut, to coincide with Israel's birthday. The ridiculous day that uh, that the Arabs chose to uh, to 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 mourn their fake catastrophe. Now, I know, and you know, if 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 you know any history, you know, and I know that the Palestinian Liberation Organization was created by Russia and the Arab League. In 1963, and before that, anyone considered a Palestinian was, was Jewish. So when the Palestinian Liberation Organization was formed in 1963, and their sole purpose was to destroy Israel, uh, they couldn't do it militarily. They, 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 lost, they lost two wars to Israel. So they figured they could do it, they could do it uh, internally through terrorism. So go in there, destabilize the country through terrorism, and then the country will collapse on itself. It's the same tactic. They don't learn from their errors. That didn't work. And it's the exact same tactic that the BDS movement is using. 
trying to kill Israel economically through boycotts and, uh, and divestments uh, so that the country economically will collapse into itself. So instead of doing it through violence, they're trying to do it through ec- ec- economics. It's the exact same. It's the exact same thing. It's the same kind of terrorism. It's economic terrorism versus uh, physical terrorism. It's they're equivalent. So the Palestinian, so-called Palestinian people, these this fake people, who, by the way, um, I was thinking about it the other day. Uh, after the third generation, and now we're into third, fourth, and fifth generations of people claiming to be Palestinians, uh, may, may, maybe. Maybe maybe they 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 could still they could be called Palestinians now maybe uh, because you know after five generations of brainwashing these people actually believe that's what they are uh, but but before that they they you know twenty thirty years ago there were no Palestinians they didn't exist it was it was a fake people created to destroy Israel and so the fake people created to destroy Israel uh, they they went out and they had a great they had a lot of money so they had a great public relations campaign. And they got their own people into a lot of different places. And one of the places they got their people into is a Congress. So, so a propagandist for, for, this, for this Destroy Israel movement uh, got into Congress. And her name is, uh, to, is Rashid, is, is Tlaib, Rashida Tlaib. So she forwarded this motion to, to, for Congress to recognize Nakba Day. And she claimed that Israel you know, destroyed and displaced 80% of the people who were living there and killed and killed the rest of the people. It was the claims are so ridiculous and so outlandish that nobody could even take them seriously. I don't know how anybody takes them seriously. Anybody with half a brain can't take it seriously. But the the claim that that, that she made, which is even more ridiculous than all the other claims, is that Israel's an apartheid state. Now I thought that the whole idea that Israel's an apartheid state disappeared years ago, uh, because because the notion of itself was was so ludicrous that anybody who understood apartheid, anybody who, who, who knows any history at all and looks at Israel sees immediately that Israel's not an apartheid state, not even close to being an apartheid state, nowhere within the vicinity of apartheid. But, but you have to be able to look at history and you have to be able to analyze things. So over, over the last couple of decades, they've stopped teaching children how to analyze and how to, how to, how to critically think and so because they dumb down education in most schools, people can't look at the idea critically. They can't, they can't look at the concept critically. So when, when, when somebody important on television says that Israel's an apartheid state, they immediately believe it because why would that person lie? It's a good question. Why would that person lie? I, I can't even answer that question because it makes no sense. Why is Israel not an apartheid state? We could go through this really quickly. It's, it's, exact, it's, it's ex- extremely simple to, to understand. Apartheid South Africa, created in the late 1970s, was a, uh, well, mid-1970s, mid was, was the complete separation of the white Dutch settlers and the black indigenous people. So it was a complete separation. They lived in different towns by law. They weren't allowed to go into each other's towns, and the black people didn't have a chance. They didn't. They did. They, they had no opportunity to sit in government or to to hold any prestigious position or to get an education or to do anything. They just had to sit in their towns and and and, and rot in their towns. That was apartheid in South Africa during the uh, the Dutch apartheid reign. 
Israel has Arab lawmakers. They have Arab citizens. They have Arabs in charge of universities and in charge of hospitals and, 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 and as doctors and lawyers and living full, complete lives in Israel. That would never happen in apartheid, in any apartheid country. Now, you know who is committing apartheid, though? And there is apartheid going on in that area, but people committing apartheid are the Arabs. Because no Jew is allowed going into any Arab area. No Jew can work in any Arab area. And there's no Arab hospitals being run by Jews. And, and a Jew does, definitely doesn't sit on the council of the PLO or the council of Hamas. So the only, the only countries that are actually committing apartheid today, apartheid against the Jewish people, are, are the Arab countries. Where Jews can't go there, you can't even visit. You can't even step a foot into their lab. So, so when we talk about apartheid, let's talk about real apartheid, and that is real apartheid, that Jews are not allowed to live amongst the Arabs. It is mind-boggling. And I, I, I guess I'm not that intelligent because I get mind-boggled a lot. But it is mind-boggling that any intelligent person, any educated intelligent person would buy into this. Yet they do. So... Rashida Tlaib put forward this motion in, in Congress for Congress, for the American government to recognize Nakba Day and to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people who were oppressed by the Israelis. Now, I don't think that this, this motion has any chance of passing any time, any way, any how in, in the American Congress, but you never know. American politics is so weird that it could go any way. If it does pass, then there should be mass protests. I know there won't be, but there should be mass protests organized by major Jewish organizations, which won't do it, uh, in front of the White House and in front of Congress. They, they should be protesting if this happens. Because to, to legislate a lie, to legitimize a lie, is, 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 is the worst thing you could possibly do. How could you take your government seriously, any government seriously, if they legitimize a lie, if they, if they make a lie truth, you can't take them seriously. And so the American government is way too important to become a joke. Even though their president has become a joke, he's the punchline of many things, it's way too important to become a joke. So I really believe that if this law passes, and I really don't think it will, there should be mass protests. And not only by Jews, but by any intelligent person who understands the concept of apartheid, who understands the, the, the reality of what happened during apartheid, and who understands that that's not happening in Israel, but is happening in the Arab lands. It goes back to the old, to old adage that usually the person accusing you of doing something is doing that themselves. And, and that's almost always the case. So if you take a look at the accusers, especially in politics, people who are accusing other people of doing something, chances are that's what they are doing themselves. And they're just trying to deflect. They're trying to, they're trying to distract everybody, sleight of hand. So you don't notice that this is what they're doing. Gas prices are, are, are skyrocketing across, across, across the world. The reason they're skyrocketing across the world is because the, Obama, the, uh, the Biden administration is failing. So... So, so distract people by, by, by having gas prices go up so they can complain about that and not notice all the other stuff that's going on. It's sleight of hand. It's political sleight of hand. They do this all the time. Unfortunately, the people who pay the price 
for this political sleight of hand are the citizens living under the, in those countries. That's, that's the unfortunate part of the whole thing. So I hope that this doesn't pass. If it does, we have to protest. If it does, we have to take action. We can't sit on our laurels and do nothing. Apathy does not work. It's time to wake up, people. Time to wake up. Because if you keep sleeping, you are going to suffer. We are going to suffer. And our children are going to suffer. I'm Howie Silvergren, political hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. I'll see you next week. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.